Well, we'll just see how long the uh, the old beach ball wants to spin today. Life's not like flat, and you've done all you can. You may need a new plan. Call the helpful snowman. He'll tell you what to do if your life's turned to gold. He will make you. Well, well, well. Welcome to a show, everybody. We're back. It's windy. And also, there's sirens outside for uh, the moment. Not only sirens, but the... Uh, uh, uh. Um, I don't know what you call that thing. A horn? <laughs> um, today, we're going to cover... Oh, Jesus. It's getting loud. Are they coming here? Am I in trouble? Am I injured? Is this how I go? Is this my light flashing before my eyes? Okay, I had a dark thought, like, uh, over the last few weeks. Okay, so weirdly, I was having a bunch of dreams and stuff, and just sort of like during the day, I think as a result. I, I don't know, chicken or the egg? Dream? That really is close. Um, Dream or, did the dream cause the thoughts or the thoughts cause the dreams? But I was thinking a lot about high school, which I don't usually do. My God. Is it a train? Do they have a, a fire train now? Um, I was thinking about high school a lot. For some reason. And then I started having dreams about, like, high school or people from high school or whatever. And then I was uh, moved on to college and was dreaming about college a lot. And then I, the, the scary thought I had was I was like, what if I'm dying and this is my life passing before my eyes? And they say it happens before you die. And I think we, we all assume that it's like instant. But, uh, you know, maybe my brain is a little slower and is like, well, we better get started a few weeks before. And, you know, it's like, eh, we could just start at high school, right? is isn't... Not, not a whole lot of shit happened in elementary school that he's going to remember. <laughs> um, where it gets scary, though, is because I was like, you know, if I was like, this is my body, like, okay, I was thinking, like, maybe this is my brain. Uh, you know how they'll say, like, oh, when our dog died, or your cat's dying, and your cat wanders off and hides in the house somewhere and then dies. Um and I was like, maybe this is the human version of that. Maybe my brain is like, you're dying. So this is how we're going to signal you. And the part that's creepy is I was like, you know, when you think about it, there's really no definitive way to prove that that's not happening. <laughs> right, though? Nobody can actually say for certain, Pete, you're not going to die tomorrow. It's possible. Um, so there you go. That's how that's how I like to open this show for new listeners. Is uh, with a depressing thought. A concerning thought. I don't know if it's more concerning if you know me or more concerning if you don't. Uh, write in to, you know. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, we, had a, we had a thing where... Yeah, you'll you'll buy a thing on Amazon and then you have to return it. 
And then I, I know most of you are probably don't ever shop on Amazon because you're too good for it and stuff. And, uh, you know, I aspire to be like you, but I'm not. I still sometimes get stuff there. And uh, so we bought this thing. We had to return it. And for some reason, Kohl's takes Amazon returns at like a little kiosk. Now, I think I think I can do the math on this. That Kohl's is like, well, okay, you buy something on Amazon, you return it. Maybe if you happen to be returning jeans or something, um, you know, you have to walk through all of Kohl's. And you're like, oh, fuck it. I'll just buy some jeans at Kohl's. Now, just as like a, a quick thought, something I like about Amazon that is harder is like, okay, when I go to the, the hardware store and I need a, a drill, I don't necessarily know which one is, uh, which one's the best, which one's a better bang for your buck. And it's like, I know that the Amazon algorithms and fake reviews and shit are all fucked up. I know that because my books available on Amazon are not number one bestsellers. However, at least it's something for me to look at. And then you can usually read the reviews too and someone will be like, well, this drill, you know, uh, after eight weeks of drilling through concrete, crapped out on me. And I'm like, eh, I don't think that's going to be a concern for me. But uh, anyway, so we were returning something to Kohl's and... Uh, I don't know. It just seems like maybe Kohl's has just given up. You know what I mean? They're just like, Amazon is going to to win. And so uh, just, you know, we're going to hang on as long as we can. Maybe Kohl's knows that it's dying and is just like, uh, let's see if, uh, you know, our life is flashing before our eyes in the form of uh, an Amazon Prime logo. <laughs> Honestly, I can't remember why I was telling that story. And I sat here for what was probably legitimately two full minutes trying to remember what the fuck I was talking about. Anyway, um, we're actually here to talk today about a story I was sent a little while back about poop. Because that is a, uh, a story worth telling. And, it, you know, it, it fits with this show because it's about running and poop. Now, I'm... Uh, a runner of sorts. Um, I used to be. I used to be a very hardcore runner, and I don't think I realized it at the time. But uh, now I'm like, oh my god, you were fucking dedicated to that shit. You know, to the point where I would like go on a run if I was on a three day vacation. You know, <laughs> I'd bring all my shit. Uh, yeah, I you know six days a week for sure. All that stuff. And, you know, now I'm older, and so I don't do it as much because my body, because my body. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I still, I still like to run. I, it's not a big thing to me. I'm not, like, making this a thing of, like, oh, well, am I a comedian if I don't make my money doing comedy, you know? Or, like, am I a writer if I'm not doing that for my primary whatever? I'm a runner in that I run. But, you know, it's not like, uh, 
I don't spend a lot of my time. Uh, when I'm not running, I'm not spending a ton of time usually thinking or uh, interacting with the running community. I'm not like really big in like running community and stuff like that. Probably because like a part of what I liked about it has always been uh, that it's just been time for myself. In an increasingly connected world, it's nice to have an activity where you're like, I was out for a run, so I didn't have my phone. Fuck it. Um, but anyway, I, <laughs> I got this story about uh, some pooping that was going on. So we're going to go through the story. I've, I found several different versions of this story, and I think this one is the best. It seems to be both the most thorough and the uh, most fun. And it's from uh, letsrun.com, which has a world-famous message board um, that I should look at sometime. But for now, uh, here's the headline, and it's in quotes. Evidence suggests that multiple runners defecated at the school concession stand where the track bathrooms are located. Oh, sorry. The headline is Sedona Poopgate, the Dirty Details. And then, like, sub-headline in quotes, evidence suggests that multiple runners defecated at the school concession stand where the track bathrooms are located. I like how they're, like, evidence suggests. I'm like, well, evidence... I mean, somebody took a shit there. Uh, I guess maybe the parts that are in question are whether it's multiple runners or one, which is a, a relevant question. Because even if it's, like, a lot of shit... Or it's like a huge, you're like, this is like five huge logs of shit. But on the other hand, I'd be like, well, if somebody's just crapping out in the open, it was probably a fairly desperate situation. <laughs> and five logs of shit would be a desperate situation. It, we'll have to read further, but for now, I'm kind of assuming that it was one person. Because what else are they, they're all like sitting around together? Or like you're just, you're like, this is the spot? Uh, this is by Jonathan Galt, which I'm assuming is a fake name, from February. Running, more than most sports, seems to have a strange overlap with poop. Maybe it's because... I don't think it's so strange. Uh, you know, when, running in high school, like for cross-country and track, it's like you, you end up with a different relationship with uh, pooping. I, I think it helps you be less picky. You know, you always have your friends or people you know who are like, I can only go at home and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, look, I've used some fucking gnarly shitters. Uh, let me tell you, if you really got a shit, <laughs> you get you get much less picky when you're like, you know, I got another 12 miles to go here and this is happening. Maybe it's because one of the sport's biggest spectacles, the Big City Marathon, is conducted without timeouts and on public roads, leaving little room to hide when nature calls. Maybe it's because a particularly bad case of diarrhea is known as the runs. <laughs> I guess I always assumed that diarrhea was called the runs because it's like runny shit or because you have to run to the bathroom. You just don't know. There's really not much worse than that. I mean, puking is worse than diarrhea-ing, in my opinion, but... Whew. Whatever the reason, running has produced more than its share of poop-related stories, 
from Paula Radcliffe winning the 2005 London Marathon after stopping to go on the side of the road to the, quote, mad pooper, leaving stool samples on Colorado lawns in 2017, to Shailene Flanagan ducking into a porta potty during the 2018 Boston Marathon, to Marty Hayer finishing sixth at the Olympic Marathon Trials in 2020 and running a 211.29 personal best despite losing 20 seconds to a bathroom break. Shit happens. Okay, there's a, a distinct difference between some of these stories. Uh, one was uh, she stopped and went to the bathroom on the side of the road during a marathon. Another was someone took a crap during the marathon, and someone else was taking a crap during a marathon. And then there's the mad pooper who's taking craps on people's lawns. <laughs> um, I had a friend. You know what? I'm going to call her an acquaintance. She was a friend once. A good friend, and I haven't heard from her in, like, forever. And everybody else I knew who knew her has also not heard from her in forever. So, uh, I don't know. You've been downgraded to acquaintance, if you know who you are. She lived in uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, and she had a repeat offender using her lawn as a bathroom. And uh, I think caught him once. And I think that was the end of it. I think once he was caught, he was like, well, I can't go back. I can't risk it. Um, but I thought it was hilarious, to be honest. I mean, I would hate it if someone was doing it at my house. But uh, I, when someone's doing it at someone else's house, it's hilarious. Um, then it says shit happens. But anyway, I like that. Uh, I like that this story, I read the New York Times version of it. The New York Times version, by the way, was clearly written by, like, a moron. Because he was like, oh, yeah, well, people pick up dog poop all the time, so is this that different? And I'm like, yeah, it's pretty different. I mean, a dog is going to poop outside, and you know that's going to happen. But, uh, you know, you can't, you can't, like, convince a dog and be like, well, look, you're going to poop. Can you go here, like, in the very corner of the yard or near the bush or something the dog's just gonna do it and now we have Poopgate, the controversy that erupted on tuesday with a tweet from tin min elite sam parsons and resulted in a 200 plus post message board thread on letsrun.com i'll just open that in new tab and a new york times article Yes, the paper of record, whose slogan proclaims all the news that's fit to print, has determined that Poopgate meets the criteria. And with good reason. It may sound silly that, on the eve of the USATF Indoor Championships, one of the biggest stories in running is centered around a mysterious duke, but the consequences for anyone who trains in Flagstaff, a group that includes dozens of the world's best distance runners, are very real. Now, I did not know this, that this was like a, uh, that Flagstaff was like a training mecca. I mean, it makes sense, because, you know, you're not going to, like, uh, you're not going to run into, uh, you know, shitty weather, right? Colorado's good in the summer, I'm sure, but Arizona is probably pretty prime year-round if you can uh, get out at super early, I guess. But, uh... <laughs> All right, coaches Stephen Haas and James McCurdy help get to the bottom of Poopgate. I see what you did there to the bottom. So what is Poopgate and what is the fallout? The fallout is poop. 
Let'sRun.com spoke with three members of the Sedona Flagstaff running community to set the record straight. Stephen Haas, an agent with Total Sports and head coach of Under Armour's Flagstaff-based Dark Sky Distance team. Okay. James McCurdy, coach of McCurdy Elite in Flagstaff. And Jennifer Chilton, who as director of facilities and operations for Sedona Oak Creek Unified School District, oversees use of Red Rock Track. All right. Uh, Flagstaff's reputation as a training mecca is well known, apparently. With its 7,000 feet of elevation and lengthy trail system drawing some of the world's top distance runners for training camps. Um, it's saying a bunch of people train there. Who cares? A bunch of people that went to college. Who cares? Um, in a number of years now, the track at Red Rock C Junior Senior High School in Sedona, located roughly an hour south and at a more modest 4,350 feet of elevation, has been where Flagstaff-based athletes have gone when they want to hit faster track sessions. Combination of lower altitude and proximity to Flagstaff have made the real estate at Red Rock extremely valuable. Pros used to just show up and use the track when it wasn't being used, but starting last year, pro groups were expected to pay to reserve a window of time to use the track, and even before Poop Gate, that system was starting to buckle. The amount of resources it was taking the school for people to keep using the track, opening the gates, opening the bathrooms, it was becoming an issue for the school, Haas says. The school has been dealing with disrespect for a while now, McCurdy said. Whether it was athletes going into the school or athletes using the parking lot to relieve themselves or athletes using a field as a dumping ground for their waste. Um, okay, I, I get this. Well, okay, here's the thing. I get frustrated when, like, the tracks in town, uh, the schools all have tracks, and, you know, they close them off for the public use. When I was in college, there was a track at the college, and it was in the stadium, and I was emailing with the athletic director, because I was like, hey, can I use the track? I'm a fucking student here, right? Like, my fees pay for that shit or whatever, and he was like, nope. And I was like, Seriously? And he's like, yeah, no, we don't have any open track time. And I was like, okay. But I get also annoyed when the high school tracks aren't open because I'm like, well, all right. I don't expect to just be able to go and run on the high school track, uh, you know, from like 3 o'clock to 6 o'clock because that's when the track team was probably out there. But like the rest on a Saturday like no one's gonna be there on a Saturday why don't you let people run around who cares and to be honest damn it my tax dollars but you know as a, as a adult man who's not gonna have children I'm like come on now uh you know the least you could do is let me use the track I know you're not really making our kids very smart based on the graduation rates and shit but, you know, could at least be a little more fit if we're going to be stupid. Uh, the amount of... Oh, wait. Uh, then one day recently came the incident that Haas describes as the straw that broke the camel's back. Poop gate. Evidence suggests that multiple runners defecated at the school concession stand where the track bathrooms are located, Chilton wrote in an email to letsrun.com. The identity of the pooper or poopers is unknown. Haas says he isn't even sure it was a runner, but a few signs point to it being someone unfamiliar with the track usage policy. 
First, the bathrooms are meant to be unlocked when the track is reserved through the proper channels. Second, frequent visitors to the Red Rock track know that there is a hotel across the street with public bathrooms that can be used if the ones at the track are locked. Clearly, the recent incident crossed the line. The people we have to work with at the school are now having to clean up human feces. That's not really in their job description, Haas says. Yeah, that's pretty fair. Um, I wonder what, what makes them think it was a runner. While the specific location right in front of the locked bathroom made the most recent incident particularly egregious, it is not the only such incident to occur on school grounds. Aha. Evidence suggests that defecating on school property in another location has been a long-term occurrence, hopefully in the past, likely as a result of business-slash-organizations not properly renting the facilities so that the stadium is appropriately staffed and bathrooms are opened for renters and then locked at the end of an event by assigned employees, Chilton wrote. That leads us to the situation now. While Chilton specifically said that professional running groups are not banned from the Sedona track, their access has been effectively eliminated as the school district will not be accepting new reservations for the time being. This is also due in part to the spring sports season, which began, blah, 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 blah. Chilton describes the focus on excrement as a red herring. My focus, largely ignored, is and has been student safety and student priority in the use of the track. It's the kids' track. Oh, fuck you. Yeah, for the times of day when you have track practice, it's their track. But the rest of the time, come on now. Now, I do see, I do see some, uh, some friction here because we're talking about, like, professional athletes versus, uh, you know, high school athletes, right? I'm talking about me going out there in sweatpants and, like, putting in a few laps, but, uh, you know, nothing crazy. And so I, c I could see it. You're like, look, you're like an Olympic-level runner. You don't have anywhere else you could go and do this. You don't have any other resources for this shit. Seems kind of ridiculous. Pro groups look for alternatives. The news that the Sedona track is no longer available sent many Flagstaff-based coaches and athletes scrambling, with Haas fielding calls from national federations worried about where their athletes would train during altitude camps. This track and where it sits is a very, very important track in global running, Haas says. With that in mind, Haas has been in contact with other leaders of the running community, a bunch of people, blah, 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 and they will make a presentation at the school board meeting <laughs> to create a more workable solution. The school just wants a little more organization on how this is all run and making sure the school is taken care of, Haas says. There's a lot of things that we can do better, and we've got to figure this out. But from the school standpoint, this is not a permanent situation. Uh, he's been trying to build a private track, but it can be an expense. Yeah, no shit. Um, wouldn't be available anytime soon, blah, blah, blah. Haas is convinced they can reach a compromise. I feel like everyone uh, likes having the pros around. And if the pros respect the track and we don't have problems we've had the last couple weeks, we should be fine. The solution is simple. Just strictly complying with existing requirements, rules, and expectations, and prioritizing students. <laughs> There's a larger lesson here. I think it's incredibly sad that in the running community, and this is an issue that goes everywhere, this is an issue in Boulder, this is an issue everywhere, a few people feel that they have the right to disrespect the school property the way that it has been done. And it really gives the rest of the community a bad name. 
Most of the professional groups in town are very respectful and they're honorable, and it's really sad that Sedona High School has had to put up with this. I fully support whatever decision they make. Okay, so this is like the professional groups now being like, it's not, not, wasn't me. Someone pooped on the ground, wasn't me. Over at the track, wasn't me. Okay. Um, you know, I, where do I come down on pooping? Well, everybody poops. Let's start there. Um, in general, it's like, I, I don't go to a track and expect somebody to have a bathroom for me, but on the other hand, I'm not traveling an hour to a track. Um, but here's, here's the, the deal, I guess. Uh, people are going to poop and definitely pee, uh, at a track. And so your choice is kind of to figure out how to deal with that or, uh, deal with it anyway, probably in a less preferential <laughs> manner, <laughs> in a way you're not going to like. <laughs> It's a little bit like uh, opening a bar and not having a bathroom or opening a coffee shop that has no bathroom. And you're like, well, this is going to cause you a problem. Um, so I don't know. I think it's like, can't you? I, I'm of the opinion that we just need a better public restroom system here. You know what I mean? Can't there be? Couldn't you give like a a key card swipe or something to like these coaches who are using the track a lot and just be like, look, we can revoke their access at any time, but uh, then they can go with their athletes and anyone who needs to take a shit can take a shit. I mean, I don't know. Um, This is somebody who on the board who's like, they were doing that in Boulder, taking a shit under the bleachers. This is the thing is, if someone's got to take a shit, they're going to take a shit. There's just, what are you going to do? Um, and if you, if you have a place where people are going to be for more than an hour, they're probably going to take a shit there. It's a little more complicated when we're talking about someone being out on the road, right? It's like somebody taking a shit in your lawn is not preferable. But I would say... That somebody taking a shit in your lawn isn't doing that by choice. <laughs> I don't think anyone shitting on your yaw, your your lawn is like, you know what, this looks like a... I could wait till I get home, but I'm going here. If someone's taking a shit in your yard, they're probably like, uh, I can make it no further. I'm, I'm assuming. I'm going to assume... Let's all... Let's try this. I know this is not a popular way of looking at things right now, but what if we assumed best intent just in the issue of runners who need to take a shit and that they would prefer not to take a shit in someone's lawn, but uh, they will if they have to. I, I've i always thought it was weird that, for example, a, it, let's let's jump to the solution. Solutions Pete is in the house now. Uh, we just need to make it 
legal for people to take a leak outside and to take a shit outside, but you need to clean up after yourself, just like your dog. So if you're a runner and you know you have this problem, bring a bag. You know, <laughs> bring a bag and uh, throw it away. Tie it up, throw it away. You know, it's the most baffling thing about uh, people who, okay, you've got people who don't pick up after their dogs. You've got people who do pick up after your, their dogs. And then you've got people who their dog shits, they put it in a bag, tie it up, and then just leave the bag somewhere. And I'm like, what is what is the thought process here? You're like, as long as it's in a bag, it's taken care of. Like, you could walk that bag to a garbage, right? That's You know that's the whole point. It's not really, for me, it's not about it being in a bag as much as it is about it being uh, not here. <laughs> that That thin veneer of plastic is not what makes the difference for me among being like, what the hell, and being you know, satisfied with your dog ownership practices. But anyway, listen, runners, if you're going to take a shit, take a shit, clean it up. Done. No one would ever know that you had taken a shit. But the flip side of this is, you know, we have to be like, well, look, if some dude is popping a squat next to the concession stand and the shit's all closed, but someone happens upon him, uh, you know, that's part of where we're going to end up here. <laughs> I think this, the solution for the Sedona track is simple. I think the solution, if they don't want to go and like give keys or do whatever, you just need to build, you know how you'll go to like a campsite, like a state campsite, um, which is usually just like a gravel area. They'll have a picnic table, and it'll have, like, half a clamshell over the picnic table, um, protecting it from the sun or whatever. You just build something like that, and then that becomes kind of known as the area. You don't put a picnic table out there. Just have the clamshell out there inexplicably. That will become, you give them a more attractive place slightly further off from the track that uh, everyone sort of comes to know as the bathroom. Okay, like you have that in Boulder, people shitting under the stands. Well, that's no good because then people are in the bleachers like, why does it smell like human feces? Oh, because there's a pile of human feces two feet below me right now, just in the open air. But you do it off in the band shell. People, people just use that, abuse it in emergencies and whatever. And I don't know. Then you're done. I mean, it's like an unfortunate reality that everyone poops, but it it's a thing. It's just a thing. I mean, I guess as far as, like, I'm sure there are some people who hear about this and they're just like, what is this obsession with running is causing people to poop or whatever, and I guess, I guess that's possible, but that's not been my experience that this is like a, massive problem that everybody is having. It seems like something that happens occasionally to some people. Um, you know, it's it's a little bit like uh, if you've ever gotten off your game and you're like, oh, somehow my regular time for taking a dump has become like the middle of the workday. 
I don't know how this happened. This is not my preference. I don't think most people who cramp at work want that to be uh want that to be their practice. But sometimes it just works out that way. And I think it's I think it's the same thing for runners. Um but I guess the last part of it is kind of like I hey, look man, if you're not like out walking and you're not out at the track or whatever, like why do you care? Who cares? You know what I mean? This is between the the runners and the school. But uh I don't know. I it's funny to me. It's just funny cuz like something like this it's like the article said, something like this hitting the the New York Times and it's like uh what is this even? Like this is like the haves and the have-nots or something. Except everyone is the haves. That okay, that's a whole other part of this, right? My understanding of Sedona is this is not like a bunch of broke-ass fools living in this area. Like, this school is probably pretty nice. That's my guess. Um, let me just look. Let me do a Google search before someone schools me on Arizona and is like, oh, it's horrible. Is Sedona rich? Just gonna, let's just keep it simple. How the super rich escape the coronavirus pandemic. Sedona, Arizona is a popular escape for some well-heeled people who want to ride out the pandemic in a remote location. All right. Climate gentrification. The rich can afford to move. Um, Arizona, Sedona. I put us Sedona rich. So is Sedona rich? Luxury homes, the super rich are escaping to. Let's do let's do our uh our Zillow search here. Sedona. Arizona. Let's see what uh what a house looks like. Okay, here's an 850k. Here's a sixty thousand dollar uh trailer. Three point seven million, seven hundred fifty k, eight hundred nine hundred ninety five, one point two million. Okay. So here's here's what Sarah Sedona appears to be, uh, eight hundred thousand dollar to one and a half million, or like a two hundred thousand dollar trailer. Doesn't look like there's a lot in the middle. <laughs> Okay, uh, Red Rock High School. Red Rock, Sedona. School. See if I can see a picture here. Oh my God, it's fucking enormous. Well, I can see why people would go to this track. It's pretty amazing. It looks like a school that has money. That's for sure. Funny, too, because I I wonder... Let's see how quickly it comes up here. Uh-oh, 12 suspended for vandalism at school. Oh, my God. Oh, they're the scorpions? Scorpions is a weird one. Because you're like... I mean, does anybody like a scorpion? So I get it on the level of, like... 
intimidating, but it, it doesn't even have like a, a recognizable face. Just uh, that does not help, right? And then you're like, does the scorpion need to have pinchers, uh, scary body type like a spider, and poisonous tail? <laughs> or venomous, I guess. It's like, it's like God was like uh, me when I was five. And, you know, I'd be like, let's combine these Hot Wheels. This has missiles on it. It's also got a machine gun. It's also got a laser. It's also got a bomb launcher. You know, <laughs> you're like, okay. I mean, do you need all that shit? And then it's like the scorpion is the most deadly predator in the world. Well, yeah, no shit. I mean, it's got a, lo a lot of tools available to it. And meanwhile, then, you know, what's it eating? Like a mouse or something? And a mouse is like, well, I'm pretty fast. You know, as long as I can... if. If we had a 100-yard dash, I could probably escape a scorpion, but, you know, it's going to just hide and then get me when I'm, like, right next to it. So, yeah, and at that point, I just I just scream. I just scream as my life fades. Cool. This seems like a great system. This <laughs> worked out for me. Um, I once took a shit on a beach and then, uh, I didn't, I didn't do the responsible thing. Okay. So we were backpacking on the coast in Washington and I think we stayed two or three nights of backpacking, probably three. And so, you know, I was, uh, we were backpacking <laughs> and Made it through, you know, day one, night one, day two, night two. Day three, I was like, hmm, I think this is going to happen. And by night three, I was like, oh, this is definitely going to happen. And we were camping on a beach that had, uh, you know, a bunch of styrofoam had washed up on the beach. So that evening, as my, uh, as a project, I carved a toilet out of, styrofoam out of a block of styrofoam i just you know, i put a hole in it let's not be let's not oversell it <laughs> and took a shit on the beach and uh you know now now i'm older and more responsible and know that you're supposed to pack it out which i still question how many people do that i know i i know you're supposed to and i'm guessing a lot of people claim that they would but I, I got to think a lot of people are taking shits in the woods and just burying it, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> I guess, too, you know, in my defense, when you're on a beach that's covered in a bunch of styrofoam that's washed, you know, because just all the stuff from the ocean washes up there, it is a little like, well, is my human shit going to gonna ruin this pristine landscape or should I just let the waves take my shit away at high tide I don't know so hopefully no one went swimming somewhere along the Olympic Peninsula and uh, you know 
found themselves faced with a log of human shit somewhere around 2005. If that happened to you, I deeply apologize. Also, if that's like a crime with no statute of limitations, this is a hypothetical uh, story that I'm telling. Point being, I guess, like, that w- that's the last place I wanted to have to shit. I did not want to shit there, but I did, because the thing about shitting is it, it really has very little to do with what you want. If shitting went the way we wanted it to, it we would just never do it, right? You would basically be like, oh, yeah, I take a crap once a month, um, and it's, you know, a zero wiper. It just goes right down the toilet and... Then I set the clock for 30 days, and we go. Doesn't work that way, right? It's uh, subject to the whims. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just uh, cynical. or I. This is probably my most hippie thing is shitting, is I'm just like, eh. Yeah, everybody's got to take a shit. What can I say? I mean, nobody wants to. I don't know. Maybe some people do. There's, you know, that feeling after you take a giant dump and you're just like, oh, my God, and I feel amazing right now. Sometimes, though, you feel exhausted. Or is that just me? Is it like, because sometimes I do it and then you're like, I feel like if I jumped into the air right now, I may never hit the ground again. That's how amazing this dump was. But then other times... You're like, you know, I, I don't feel like sick or something. I just feel like that was like kind of a, it was like, you know, fighting a fish aboard a boat. And you're just kind of like, ooh, I'm tired now. I just kind of want to like lay on the couch for a while and recover. <laughs> I'm guessing those, you know, people who all broke those marathon records. I mean, it sounds like maybe taking a crap in the middle of a marathon is actually to your benefit. Although, also, that one guy, by the way, it was saying he took a 20 seconds bathroom break. Who takes a shit in 20 seconds? That's amazing. I mean, I guess that also is a testament to the emergency nature. Because it's like, that thing was knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. And was just, you know, he probably didn't even sit down and it was coming out. I don't know if I ever told uh, the story of the most desperate shit that I've ever taken on this podcast. Probably, I'm sure I probably have. But, uh, so I was a, a youngin, maybe like, I don't know, fourth or fifth grade. And we went up to the YMCA in Estes Park for a vacation with my mom and my older brother. Now, the YMCA in Estes Park is not like uh, an inner city YMCA where it's like, uh, you know, a bunch of borderline homeless uh, dudes who've made terrible life choices live there full time. Um, it's it's a little bit more vacation-y because, you know, it's in uh, like a nature area and they have like horses and shit there. You know what I mean? They got like a swimming pool. They've got like a roller skating area. You know what I mean? It's, I don't know. So we're up there. And we're staying in this room, and uh, we went, uh, we were, I think, going to go eat lunch. 
And it was funny because they have like a buffet. So when you stay there, you can eat at this buffet, which I'm sure was horrible. But, you know, we were poor. So we that's what we ate. And we were there at the same time as like a wrestling camp uh, or a football camp or something. So they were eating all the fucking food every morning. And we had to like fight to get anything. But anyway, we were going to eat another meal. And uh, see if, you know, we could beat the footballers there. And uh, as we were, like, leaving, so we're in this big tower-type building. And we're walking towards the cafeteria. And, uh, boy, I felt a rumbling. And I was like, oh, my God, this is happening. Now, at the time, uh, I was more ashamed to say something like, I got a shit. Goodbye. And if I could spread a message to the young people, especially... You know, if I, if I had to give like a, a TED talk, but for kids, what do you call that? Like a PB, a segment on Sesame Street. I'd be like, you know what? If you got to take a dump, just say it. If you're like walking with your mom and your brother and then you stop suddenly and they keep walking and then get 10 feet ahead and turn around, they're like, what's up? And I'm like, uh, I don't feel very good. I think I should just go back to the room. And they're like, what? You know. Maybe just come with and sit down and you'll feel better. And I'm like, no, no. Because in my head, I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I know what's happening and I need to explode. So finally, I convince them, like, there's no talking me out of going back to the room. So I get the key and I go back in the building. What I didn't realize... Uh, at that young age was like how every floor looked the same and I wasn't totally sure which room we were in. And so I get up to what I think is our floor and start going down the hallway and then I was like, uh-oh, uh, that's not our room. And then I go like one hallway over and I'm like, maybe that's not our room either. And it quickly becomes apparent to me um, when I go up to the next floor and it's identical that I'm not going to figure out where where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> uh, so I was running up and down the halls, I guess, hoping to see something that would trigger my memory. You know, and I knew like, okay, it's on the whatever, like the east side of the building, let's say. But I was like, I'm not totally sure which floor. Um, someone probably was like, I heard the doorknob jiggle and then opened the door and just saw this <laughs> sweaty kid running away <laughs> full speed. Um, eventually I got to the end of a hallway and I found a women's bathroom and I was like, well, all right, if there's a women's bathroom here, there must be a men's bathroom nearby. So I like ran all the fuck over the place and could not find a, a men's bathroom. And then, you know, in, in hindsight, as an adult, I'm like, oh, probably men's and women's bathrooms on different floors or something like that. You know, uh, this is like, or this is a women's dorm or something. So, you know, and so I'm running and running and I found another women's bathroom. And at that point, I was just like, fuck it. Um, I can't go any further. And it was so desperate that I ran in. I didn't even lock the door behind me. And as I'm pulling down my pants and turning to face the toilet, I just started blasting. It just happened. I, there was nothing I could do. 
And then, you know, after I, I was like, I don't know what happened, but I, I feel a thousand times better. Um, whatever that was needed to come out and it needed to come out then. And man, did I make an effort. And maybe part of me hears this story and is sort of like, you know, I feel like if there's uh, shitting karma out there, I, I have some built up. Because I, man, did I try. I tried so hard. I got so far. In the end, it didn't even matter. Um, in the end, it did matter. I found at least somewhere to shit. But uh, point being, I guess I feel now like I could give up within a couple minutes. Because, <laughs> and then I guess if I got in trouble for it, I would explain simply, oh, well, one time when I was in fourth grade, I looked for a bathroom really hard and ended up spraying shit in a women's bathroom. So you can see where I'm, <laughs> where I'm coming from. Oh God! Well, that's a that's an episode of this show, huh? Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> um, I'm sure you'll all be real psyched to send me that kind of story in the future, and uh, we'll see you next time. 